From points across California, you're listening to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged Disneyland edition, episode 503 for the week of September 27, 2015. The Disney Unplugged Disneyland Edition is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, helping you plan the perfect Disneyland vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. I am your host Tom Bell and I'm joined by my good friends Nancy Johnson and Mary Jo Willie. And in this segment, Nancy takes a day six drive over to the Hollywood Bowl. Um, hello ladies. Hey. Hello. So everybody knows the Hollywood Bowl. That's like kind of one of those iconic structures that you that you recognize even even if you've never been. I know it's I know. it's been featured in so many movies, cartoons, television shows. Um it, you know, it it was the foundation architectural foundation for a lot of outdoor theaters. Um Amphithe- you know, outdoor amphitheaters and concert venues. Um, nice. And it has a a long it goes way it goes way back, right? Yeah, it has a long and drawn out history. Um, the first performance in that area was in 1916, and then by the time 1918 to 1920 rolled around, they actually had bought the acreage in the bowl um, inside that canyon specifically to build an amphitheater because the canyon provided such a natural amphitheater on its own. And if you um, look into the stats, it is actually the largest, um, the largest natural amphitheater in the United States. Wow. And it's um, it's designed like the um, ancient Greek and Roman um, amphitheaters. So that's where they kind of got its thought. And in fact, one of the very first um, productions ever by the organization that developed the Hollywood Bowl was Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. <laughs> nice. And if you go to their website, they have... Quite the history of everything that's taken place at the bowl in the early days, how the bowl was developed and founded. Um, and they have a little thing on the architecture and stuff. They have slideshows of the developments. Um, and in fact, the first actual um, official Los Angeles Philharmonic performance was actually in the Hollywood Bowl. It was like July 11th, 1922, I believe. The 1921 or 1922. So that was the first official bowl performance. And this is the, this is the home of the Los Angeles Philharmonic along with the Walt Disney Concert Hall, which we have talked about numerous times on our show throughout its 500 episodes. Congratulations on 500 this week. Um, and in fact, you will see not only the Los Angeles Philharmonic there, um, but you will also um, see the specific Hollywood Bowl orchestra there. 
You can see concerts from just about every major performance. Um, Van Halen will be there next week or this week. Um, Duran Duran is coming. Um, there's jazz, the famous Playboy Jazz Festival is held here. Um, just amazing, amazing quantities. Uh, Florence and the Machine, the Zach Brown Band for you country lovers. Um, it just that's just an idea of coming up, things coming up. Nancy, isn't it also a very popular spot for the Easter sunrise um, yes. services? In fact, I it, always go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Um, the that was one of the first events that took place in this particular canyon was an Easter sunrise service. So there you go. It, it leads to a really nice um, venue for it. I've never actually seen any kind of performance. I've been in there with various Dizzer friends on our kind of like uh, just touring around Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. So I've seen it and I've always wanted to see a performance there. So I'm excited to hear you talk about when your own experience so I can kind of gauge what I want to well, you know, do. I always... Well, I always thought it was like way off, far away um, in the canyons because just the way they, they picked, maybe the pictures that show the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. So I thought it was far, but it's right there in Hollywood. It is a literally throw. <laughs> three blocks, um, three blocks north of Hollywood and Highland, which is, you know, where we talk about the El Capitan Theater. So if you're spending the day in Hollywood and there's somebody you want to see at the Hollywood Bowl, um, it's very, very easy. You can park at Hollywood and Highland and walk up the street, those three or four mm -hmm. blocks, in order to get to the bowl. And the bowl, it, it's interesting because, you know, when you talk about venues like this, the venues you know, are kind of a V shape with the bowl in the, in the point of the V and then the seating area expanding outward. So that little V is pretty much right at the corner of, um, Highland and the 101. But you would never know when you're in there because it's like being in your own, you're, you're in another world. Yep. You, and in you fact, never know that Hollywood is right there. And in fact, when you, you can't see any of it, you see some parking lot and, uh, you know, these big, massive concrete stone sculptural, um, entry gates. And you see the big sign that's kind of stuck out in the median. Um, but you don't, see anything that would indicate that there's a theater behind you. So that's one of the cool things. The reveal is very Disney. <laughs> you know, we talk sounds, about that yeah. reveal going into the parks and it's, the reveal is very Disney. In fact, some of the cool things about this, where are you going to take an outside escalator to get up to the section you're sitting in? Oh, do you have any idea by any, um, how many people it holds? Uh, you know what? I did I'll, not I'll, look that stat up. But okay, I'll, I'll look it up while you talk about other stuff, because I know that okay. you have a lot of notes on this. Yeah, it, and you know what? The Hollywood Bowl has a little museum, too. It has a little mini theater in the front for, like, um, educational programs and stuff. They do a lot of education programs in the, in the Los Angeles Philharmonics, um, arts program. Um, so 
lots of really cool things. Um, they've got some neat exhibits going on. If you go to their, their webpage, which is, um, www.hollywoodbowl.com has a lot of great information. Of course, it's got all of the upcoming, um, programs and, you know, and there's some programs that they have annually, like the uh, Sing Along Sound of Music. And I believe they're starting to have the Sing Along Grease, um, where they show the movie and then they, you know, they have everything. They have the full orchestra playing and then they put the words up so everybody can sing along with it. Um, when we went not very long ago, we actually went to a very, it wasn't a touring company production. It was a specially designed production of Spamalot, which featured oh. several people who are present on the Hollywood television circuit that you would never think to be actors and singers and things like that. Um, oh. you know, besides Eric Idle being there, um, it, our production featured uh, one of the star- stars from Modern Family, um, one of the pair of husbands. Um, it, one of the guys from The Office played Arthur. Um, and he well, had an amazing voice. And and also, you know, Disney favorite um, from Star Wars Weekend's Warwick Davis, who played Wicked the Ewok in Star Wars, oh. um, was... Um, the the little guy who follows Arthur with the coconuts, he has some amazing parts. I did not know that guy could sing and dance as well as he can sing and dance. Neither neither did I. It did, and That's... even Christian Slater played one of the knights. So, I mean, just special so just really performances. For... Very special, limited, you know, one-shot performances can be found at the Hollywood Bowl, too. So just for those who don't know, Spamalot is um, from a comedy, British comedy group called Monty Python. Everybody who knows Monty Python needs no further explanation, but just know that it's really popular and funny and irreverent. Well, Spamalot's so been Idol is well, Spamalot's been out, but I don't know if everybody knows. Yeah, what it is? It's one of the the major major Broadway musicals out oh, okay. over the last decade. I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a Tony Award winner, too. Okay. So, um, anyway, so the Hollywood Bowl is a a stage venue with an orchestra pit in the front. Um, And then they also have, um, you know, the orchestra can go on stage, they can go backstage, they can go down below. Um, They have, um, if you... You know, for those who are sitting way, way, way back on the seats, there are three different types of seats, for instance. There are um, chairs, you know, standard individual seats. There are special kind of little tiered boxes, um, which have four seats each to them, and they have some special privileges. There are bench seats the higher you go. Um, and... For those who can't see, there are jumbotrons actually posted up halfway back, so the the people who can't see the stage well can see the jumbotrons, which are really cool. And they'll, you know, they have some amazing cameramen that will get really great angles if you're there to see an actual musical performance. Um, so this 
venue pretty much has everything. It is, however, an outdoor amphitheater, so you have to be keep that in mind um, when you're preparing to go to the Hollywood Bowl, because you're going to need to either plan for the weather, if it's hot like it has been. Um, keep in mind, we have a anywhere between a 20 and 30 degree drop in temperature during some of our seasons from day to night. You know, shade works here, and so does the night. Um, so you'll want to take appropriate an extra appropriate layer because when you arrive, the sun may not be down, but during your performance, it will be. Um, also, you know, for the occasional rainy season, you know, you might want to take something along as well. Now, um, getting to the Hollywood Bowl is com- can be complicated. It can be easy. I do not recommend driving if you do drive, I would recommend uh, driving to one of their many park and ride lots. They have a, a very nice section on their website that, you know, talks about getting to the Hollywood Bowl that um, discusses their park and ride lots. Um, now for Orange County, the closest park and ride lot is near Long Beach, and it is um, the Lakewood Mall lot. Um, so they have instructions on how to get to each one of these. It's a little bit, um, a little bit west of, or north and west of Long Beach, but that's the closest one for, or they call that the Orange County Park and Ride. So I think that that's kind of, kind of a, a misnomer, but it's, it's your, it's your closest shot. It's, off the 91, um, just east of the 605. So if you want to do something like that, it's only like $7 round trip or something like that per person. No. How much is the parking? The parking's way more than that. The parking's way more than that. And the, the hassle to get in and out of the parking is Uh scarier than crap. I wouldn't do it. Or I would park down at Hollywood and Highland or by the church that's just um, right on the other, on the next block from Hollywood and Highland. They have a couple big lots that they open up for Hollywood Bowl parking. But I don't know how much they fleece you um, at those <laughs> lots. Um, they, also have, they also have shuttles from, from like studios, um, Universal Studios oh, and other places. And the LA so. Zoo. That would be one right. I would do. I would I would drive over to the LA Zoo and I would take the shuttle from the LA Zoo parking lot. So the LA Zoo is right off the five. You have a very well marked exit off the five to get to the LA Zoo. Um, it's extremely well marked and in fact that exit it's a cloverleaf exit and it will drop you straight into the zoo parking lot and shuttles go like every 10 to 15 minutes or 10 to 20 minutes um, starting at two and a half hours before showtime so that's a good um, a good choice um, the traffic up to that lot is a little easier than um, taking the 101. The one when you're coming north from Disneyland, the the 101 splits off of the Interstate Five and takes you right straight through the heart of downtown and can lead you to some special um, traffic issues. Uh, now, granted, it's off the 101. I mean, it the Hollywood Bowl is right there at the 101, but I I think that 
zoo park and ride, a lot of people forget about it. And so much easier to take that one. I know we go from like right by Universal Studios when we do it. So that's another thing. If you're up doing a, a split Universal Studios Disney, um, d- uh, you know, staying at uni- by Universal Studios and then going down to Disney later or vice versa, you could easily get there from Universal Studios. You can actually walk down to the park and ride lot from a Universal Studio hotel. So that's a, a good combo to know, you know, and that would be things to do, you know, like when Universal, if you, you don't, if you don't want to do City Walk, but you're staying at like the Universal Hilton or the Universal Sheridan, that would be a really, really easy and fun night to have, alternative night to have rather than staying. Or even, even otherwise you could take the subway from there to Hollywood and Highland and then walk the three or four blocks up to mm-hmm. the bowl. So there's a, a whole bunch of, ways to get to the bowl and the bowl is very um, disability accessible so if you're in a scooter or wheelchair don't worry they have a huge quantity of specially reserved um, disability seating areas in each price range so that's good to know um, let's see I talked about the museum I talked about that let's talk about people arrive at the bowl early. <laughs> Oh, okay. People, people do. People make an event of going to the bowl. Uh-huh. And you can bring your own picnic lunch to the bowl. There are some, you know, regulations on glass, on food and stuff. Oh, <laughs> you oh, should okay. see the glass they have there. Oh, never mind. I have never seen so much wine for sale at a really? venue. Bottles. You get the bottle, you take it back to your seat. I mean, the wine selection there is like a mini cellar. <laughs> now, the 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 um the food folks that service the Hollywood Bowl is the Patina Group, and where do we know the Patina Group from, Mary Jo? I know from Tortilla Joe's and some of the other places at Downtown Disney. Uh, all of them, oh. Catal, Napoli, yeah. they're all Patina Group restaurants. And the Patina Group is extremely good food. Um, yeah. Even their little cold dishes that they serve at some of their, um, at some of their, um, Hollywood Bowl venue, um, and there are lots of little venues all over the Hollywood Bowl. So, um, you can get everything from just, you know, popcorn and cookies and a glass of beer or wine, um, to burger, street tacos, lots of different things like that. Um, to like, they have little markets where they may, and one of the markets, they actually make fresh sushi. And then they they also sell sushi that's been delivered over from that other market in the in the market. So when you come into the Hollywood Bowl, you're going to be funneled into kind of the main entry area, which is actually at the left side. If you're if you were on stage, you you kind of come into the bowl on the left side of the stage. If you're standing on stage facing the audience, um, so that's the east entrance. Now they have a market cafe on the east side. They have one called Market West. Market West is actually where the sushi chefs are located. Um, but they bring things like chicken and, and dim sum and, um, 
uh, dumplings and barbecue and all that into the market cafes and you can grab those hot or cold entries, sal entrees, salads, sushi, um, a huge selection of drinks and, and snacks. They have sprinkles cupcakes. They have all kinds of chocolate bars. Anything you could pretty much want to, n to nosh on, they have. And like I said, they have extensive wine selections. Um, they also have a sushi, uh, I mean, a sake selection over at the Market West um, and things like that. You could also grab burgers at their staccato. Or you can even sit down at, um, sit down in two of their restaurants. They have the wine bar, which has a pretty glam kind of, say 15 to 29 dollar price range on the uh on the small plates and app and uh entrees um or their rooftop grill which does steaks seafood you know it's it's kind of a more of a steakhouse kind of sit down for pre-con and they call that pre-concert dining um and that's called the rooftop grill so there are lots of things to do in order to make reservations. Um, for those two, you have to call from the website um, or send an email. Another thing you can do, which is very cool, is you can get picnics. Or if you're in the box seats, remember the ones I told you about that seated four and, and they actually have little fold down tables in them. And those seats actually have their own menu. It's a little a la carte menu, um, three course dinners, group platters, things like that, um, that you can order ahead. And then, like I said, they also have, um, picnic lunches that you can order. And if you're sitting in any seat, that's not one of those box seat, you know, kind of box seat deals, um, you <laughs> just pick it up at a certain place over by the staccato restaurant and then you just take it to your seat. So that's kind of cool. If you want to do something like that, you know, go to their, um, go to the website patinagroup.com slash bowl and, um, you call by 4 p.m. the day before you go to your show and you can order your box service food or your picnics. Now we hit, we didn't do that. We just went, um, when we went and took the girls this last time, we just went to the market and pulled out all kinds of stuff because the girls love edamame. We grabbed them that we grabbed them California rolls. They were thrilled. They could have sushi at our seats. Ooh. So that was, that was really fun. And the salads are really good. Um, and like I said, all the different drinks, I mean, they have so many different types of gourmet sodas and, and stuff like that. They also have coffee, lattes, things like that. Um, so you can get a mix of whatever you like. I hear their brownies are really good. So anyway, that's that's kind of a little overview of dining at the bowl. Of course, you want to get there early if you want to dine, um, you know, to give yourself time to kind of stuff your food in before everything gets dark and the show starts. Um, now, they uh, they do offer programs, um, you know, depending on the show you're going to see. You know, there might be, um, you know, concert books or or. Like we saw spam lot, so we got we got our dollar program, which told all about the performance. Um, 
And we sat in section, um, we sat in what's called the, the, uh, super seats. The, there's the pool circle, which is the really, really, really expensive stuff. And that's like right in front of the stage. Um, and there's actually, they'll set up for some shows, like it's Bamlet, they actually set up kind of a runway that went behind the pool circle, between the pool circle and the garden box seating. Um, and the performers actually came out and around that. So I imagine the pool circle is probably the VIP mosh pit whenever you get a big concert. <laughs> but we did, um, we were in like section K2, which was kind of nice. Now, along the outside of each of the sections, there's kind of like a big road, especially on the east side, um, which is where the, um, I guess like E, K, P, U, those sections. Um, and there's a big road up there. So it's nice and wide, allows for a lot of people to come down at the end of the evening. Um, coming in through the promenades and getting out is kind of difficult. Um, keep that in mind. It just, it, it congests up a little bit on the way out, but it's all incredibly accessible for wheelchairs. So that's not bad. And they do have elevators right there off of, um, I think it's the right above the boxes. There's pool circle, garden boxes, terrace boxes, super seats. And then of course the nosebleed, the two, there's two big giant sections of nosebleeds. I took some pictures of it and you know, I, I, couldn't even see where the top of the bowl was from our seat. <laughs> so there's some definite nosebleed sections in at the bowl. Those are those are pretty much X and W and V. <laughs> and that's above promenade five. So that's kind of a, they've got a, a seating chart online that's really nice. And, you know, there's good stuff to talk about the season schedule and stuff online. So you've got a really great wealth of information, um, including a ton of history stuff. So um, give the Hollywood Bulls website. I can't say enough good things about their so how how early, how early before a performance would you recommend somebody get there? Well, the shuttles start two and a half hours before. Okay. So I would say, depending on what kind of performance, if you're going to see the symphony, um, you know, you're going to want to make more of a picnic-y picnic night out of it. If you're going to go see, say, you know, Aerosmith or something, um, I would say it's it gets really crowded when the the, the big performers come in. Uh-huh. So I you know hour and a half is definitely good. Okay. Um, so if you've got an eight o'clock curtain or eight o'clock concert start time, I'd say yeah, seven is probably the latest I would want to be there. Seven seven thirty right. is way well, late. If you especially if you're gonna do a, the sit down. You got to be even earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Definitely. Um, I was trying to peak. I think the concert seasons pretty much. There are things that go throughout the year, but a lot of times, like in the winter, the LA Phil tends to move into the Walt Disney Concert Hall. They right, right. their performances are all pretty much there for the holiday season and stuff. So, you know. 
um, give it a look. See what you got when you're, uh, you know, when your vacation is happening. It's easy to get there. You know, pack your patience for getting in and out, just like you would any concert venue you attend anywhere else. Um, One of the the reasons I say don't park right by the bowl is because one of the things about Highland is they do one of those lane switches at the end, you know, before before the show and after the show. So they'll take a lane and they'll swing it to being north or south. And that's really confusing for people who aren't used to that on normal city streets. Mm-hmm. So it's really the only way they can kind of handle that much volume. Right. Because right. Hollywood is congested anyway. Just the traffic patterns are... The tra- the streets aren't big enough for as much traffic goes in and out of there to begin with. So it definitely makes it worse, especially at the bigger events. Yeah. So... um. You can shop online for stuff too. You can watch videos of, of concerts and, and clippings and, and all kinds of stuff. I, the Hollywood Bowl is a neat experience. Now there are several smaller bowls throughout the Los Angeles area. Like we have one in Burbank that only operates in the summer called the Starlight Bowl. Um, these are especially fun too for like, uh, Fourth of, an alternative Fourth of July if you don't want to be in the crowded park for 4th of July and you want to find something local that's really neat. The Hollywood Bowl does an amazing program with fireworks. Um, same with like the Starlight Bowl. They do all kinds of interesting things like that. So anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, because if, if you're going to do a Hollywood section of your trip, mm-hmm. you know, why not, you know, do tour Hollywood during the day and then catch out, catch a concert or a performance or something in the evening. Yep. I could make a full day out of it. And you can sort of look down into the bowl from the very first overlook on, um, on Mulholland Drive. You know, if anybody's ever, I, I know we've talked about it on the show, taking people up Mulholland Drive from the 101, um, and going along, you know, overlooking Hollywood and the Hollywood sign from that angle. And, uh, you can actually, there's actually an overlook kind of above into the, into the west of the Hollywood Bowl. So that's kind of neat. Another thing to do would be to go to Yamashiro, which is a restaurant right above the bowl, or right by the bowl, kind of in that same area of the hills, and then come down the hill and then go up the street and go to the bowl. That's an event in itself to go to Yamashiro and have some sushi and Chinese food. And that Yamashiro is packed with a lot of history, too, since that, yep. that was a... Um, a Japanese gardens that I mean was... Japanese food. I said Chinese food. I meant Japanese food. We weren't yeah. gonna correct you. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. <laughs> I was like Yamashiro well, has more syllables. Yamashiro <laughs> was managed to be um saved how do I want to put it during World War One when everybody was putting all the Japanese in concentration camps here, um, in you know, and stuff like that. There was a lot of stuff that happened in the LA area. Um, with that, and that property managed to be salvaged and returned to its original glory, which is something that didn't happen a lot as far as Japanese things in mm-hmm. this area. Glad that so, they... so yeah, so you could do a whole, you know, I mean, if you're going going to town, you know, you don't have to dress really fancy to go to the Hollywood Bowl. I mean, you're outside for God's sake, probably in the middle of the summer, and it's hot, so. 
you know, keep that in mind. Most people do. They get a little nicer dressed, you know, but they don't necessarily go to the nines. You can if you want. But, but yeah, the Hollywood awesome. Bowl is a place of Hollywood history. Yeah, excellent. All right, thank you, ladies. Thank you, Nancy. That is going to do it for this segment of the Design Plug. Be sure to catch all of our other Disneyland shows this week. And, of course, we'll be back again with you next week. Until then, remember, Disneyland is always more magical when it's shared. Thanks for listening.